Welcome back to the Wolf of Queen Street podcast. Uh, but today's episode, Adam Somerville, a person whose journey has taken him through mental health to the darkness side, um, to pretty much on the brink of the door to suicide, and is now taking on his first Ironman, the New Zealand Ironman, that actually at the time of this recording is going to be in a week's time. By the time the episode comes out, he's, he would have actually competed the Ironman, um, but it has just been awarded the Tony Jackson Scholarship for the New Zealand Ironman, and I'd love when we get uh, when Adam has a discussion to tell us about that scholarship and about his journey. But um, Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. It's awesome to be here. I just wanted to to, to make that uh, that public announcement and put you on the spot. Pretty much, as <laughs> this is the first time really for yourself on the podcast scene, right? Yeah, definitely for first podcast. Yeah, for a virgin, yeah. virgin virgin podcast that's for it, you. Mate. I'm here for it. Yeah. yeah so anyone that's uh, having a listen or watching, make sure um, you hit him up afterwards and go. And it was okay. You did amazing. <laughs> you did awesome. Right. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, so obviously, Adam, you're you know you've got a, a bit of a backstory, um, a bit of darkness that went in through there um, that you transitioned through doing crazy enough to. Pick the New Zealand Ironman as a as a first yeah, timer, definitely. But but take us through a bit um, a bit of your story. Um, yeah, so I guess my kind of journey with mental health kind of kind of kicked off back in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, we lost one of the boys to suicide, uh, which rocked the group pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, something I guess we kind of hadn't had so close to home before, um, and so it hit the boys pretty hard in terms of losing one of the guys. Um, and kind of from there, I guess it potentially highlighted mental health mm-hmm. for a few of us um, to fast forwarding into 2020, um, the wonderful world of COVID mm-hmm. as it was. Um, I guess starting to like look at things, um, life just kind of took what I felt was a turn backwards, mm-hmm. um, kind of looking at all my mates around me, you know, getting married, having kids, mm-hmm. buying houses. Um, and here I was with, with none of that. Um, through 2020, I was made redundant. Um, you know, we worked for most of that first lockdown at 50% pay. Mm-hmm. Um, so the financial stress on top of that, losing what I thought at the time was my dream job, um, was gone, um, broken up with a long-term girlfriend, um, had to move out of the place I'd called home, which was pretty tough, especially at the start of lockdown and mm-hmm. that crazy world that was, um, just kind of ended up feeling like I was going backwards no matter how hard I pushed forward. Yeah. Um, and just kind of really, stuck in this journey of now, you know, I don't want to burden anybody with these problems mm. um, and feeling like whatever I was going through wasn't big enough to, mm. you know, to amount to what, you know, the pain I was feeling. Um, and so I kind of really just bottled things up so much that just didn't want to talk about it. You know, there was pockets of times I'd talk to some of the boys, mm-hmm. but only small snippets of, I guess, what I was going through. I didn't want to, Plaster the whole story yeah. to somebody, and, and, you know, and likely really and really faulted as well. Like you know, yeah, and only bit, pick bits and pieces and stuff like that. Um, to pretty much got to the point. Um, yeah, the start of twenty twenty one, um, life had just got too much for me. There'd kind of be nights, you know, hadn't slept at all, or you didn't get one or two hours. You know, just lying awake in bed, beating yourself up over you know what you're going through and all of that kind of stuff, and it just kind of weighed on me massively. Um, and I just didn't feel like I could talk about it. You know, there was no one I could almost turn to. Um, and it got to that point. Um, yeah, same with the January 2021. Um, it was like 2.30 in the morning, jumped in, got out of bed, jumped in the car. And was, that's it. Kind of made the decision to go for it. Um, and it's kind of weird. Um, I look back on it now. 
um, in that space of, you know, depression and going through all those nights kind of in bed alone, going through all that stuff. Um, depression kind of takes away your common sense mm-hmm. of things and it kind of builds this picture in your mind that's not actually real. Yeah. Um, and so it got to that point where it just made the decision to, I'm done, that's it. Jumped in the car, drove down to um, my favourite place at that time was Milford Beach, mm. place I'd spent lots of summers and stuff like that. Um, and kind of made the decision to take my own life that night. Um, the whole plan was just to leave my stuff on the beach, jump in the water and head out for a swim and not come back. Um, we got to that point down on the beach, sat there ready pretty much this weird, eerily calm scenario. And it's not no breath of wind, you know, there's no waves. It was, it was quite a weird feeling to, I guess, sit there and kind of stare it in the face mm-hmm. for a second. Um, and for some point, for some reason, I don't know, just this wave hit me and I kind of just stopped. I don't know what it was. Um, I just sat on the beach and cried for, you know, like a good half hour to an hour. Um, and then, you know, still had the full commitment to the plan of what I was going to do. But for some reason, I got a notification on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of broke me out of this weird state to potentially, you know, go through with this. And I decided or figured out that I needed to give this one more shot. You know, I couldn't make this permanent decision over, I guess, what these temporary feelings were. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I text 1737, which is the helpline that's open 24-7. Yeah. Um, literally sent them a text saying, I need help. Mm. Um, got a phone call within two minutes. Didn't answer. Ignored it. So, you know, so I, was, I was done at that point, like... But they kept calling, like it just didn't stop. I eventually answered, um, and this wonderful lady on the phone spoke to me for the next two and a half hours, just sat there, asked all of what seemed to be the right questions at the right time. And the more we got through this conversation, the more of this weight just kind of peeled off. I could almost feel like I could breathe again mm-hmm. after that. Um, and so, yeah, it kind of kick-started the journey of, I guess, to – where we are now, um, you know, getting to that point and hitting absolute rock bottom, you know, pretty much staring at death in the in the eyes mm-hmm. um, and kind of coming back from that. So, yeah, I guess that's kind of the start of the journey to where we are now. Pretty intense. Um, but, yeah. Um, um, blessed to have you here, brother. Thank you, my um, man. And, you know, there's, there's the, world, the world needed you. Um, and that's why something something broke a day, and I'm happy that you know that you, you didn't make that decision to go further yeah, and do the rest of it. And it's an interesting one. We say that, you know, talking about the lady that spoke to you, and I can imagine. I, I don't know if you know her details or anything further, but you said it, it lifted off your shoulders because she was asking the right questions. And I think yeah. it comes down to that that, that education or that piece that us us as guys is we don't want to talk about it. But yeah. we will answer it. Definitely. So, so if, if you ask me the question, I'll be happy to answer to you. But I'm not willingly gonna. Not gonna take. That I'm, first I'm, step. I'm, I'm not gonna take that yeah. first step. Us is that macho bravado man. Um, I've spoken this uh, plenty of times before with my story, and yeah. um, January 2020 was my darkest moment in my life. Back of the uh, back of off the back of my brain tumor surgery and financial ruin and uh, family falling apart. Um, I got the st- the stage of, as I say, the two doors. Yeah, the door, got, the door to leave the world, and um, a door to try to um, to keep fighting. And luckily, uh, I picked the door to keep fighting. 
and it and it is so true that we don't again um society but mostly in new zealand the guys we don't speak out up front going this mm. is what it is right and you yeah. said you you were very faulted in how you were talking to your friends massively but yeah you had all of this baggage and as soon as this lady spoke to you she she would have been you know um, educated known that to 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 question it and straight away you could feel it because you could now publicly say you could speak up and go hey i'm not okay yeah massively. um i feel this pressure i don't know the way out um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you would have had that thought pattern that, um, I mean, nothing to the world. Yeah, you know, the world's, without, the world's, without, the know, world's like, a better place without me. 100%. It kind of like flicked that switch, you know. I guess those tireless nights of staying awake for so long and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, depression swirling around in your brain, creating this, this narrative of like, you know, actually they would be better off without me. You know, like if I unloaded this burden on somebody, it's going to, Mm-hmm. Make them li- their life harder, yep. and you know if I was to take myself out of that situation, they're not going to have that hard time. Mm. Was kind of the thought process. And so, has the you know it's that was January twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, uh, we're now t- uh, two years later. Has the the thought process and the the, the wheels turning now for yourself around that? Um, the thought process is probably a lot more, I guess structured per se mm-hmm. um you know after many times seeing a counselor um working with a life coach i've kind of been given the tools and things to be able to work through different problems or you know things that arrives arise um life is still a roller coaster mm-hmm. um like with mental health there's your good days and your yeah. bad days um there's ups and downs but it's taking those bad days utilizing the tools and learning from them um how can we create those bad days into more better days um, so yeah, probably two years on, you know, still have my, my terrible days, no doubt, mm-hmm. but there's ways to get through those and, you know, there's things to look forward to now. So we're doing pretty good. Yeah. What, what led you into the, the, the Ironman or what, what led you down into that path? I mean, like great, you know, overcoming this, uh, this, this key moment and, you know, wanting to go things further. Yes. I want to do something. Sure. And Ironman, come on, <laughs> fuck's sakes, bro. It's not like, cool. I'm going to go run 10 Ks. I'm going to run yeah. 20 Ks. New Zealand Ironman. It's a, it's the, it's a registered Ironman on the world stage, okay. right? Yep. 100%. Um, it was, it was something that was going to scare the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, massively. Um, it kind of always been floating around as an idea of something to do with mine. Yep. You know, I've ticked off a few marathons and stuff and it's kind of like, what's bigger than that? Um, and then, so yeah, that night on the phone speaking to the wonderful lady, she was like, you know, what is something you've always wanted to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, an Iron Man kind of popped out. I don't know where it came from in my brain, but I said it that night and she was like, that's it. We're committing to it. You're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of, yeah, always stuck to that. Um, mainly because yeah, it scared the shit out of me. Um, and also deep water is one of my all time biggest fears in yeah. life. I'm absolutely petrified of the thing. Um, and then Iron Man being such a mental game itself. Um, you know, the the mind is what's going to get me through, you know, next weekend. Um, and it's kind of how can I utilize, um, I guess, where I was and what I've learned across this journey into Iron Man to kind of hopefully, you know, show others what is possible through this journey. Yep. So, yeah, that's kind of why we've chosen this mammoth task. Do you think also a bit of a curveball question? Do you think it also has to do a little bit of the the bravado side of it? Do you think it has any? There's any underpinning in there that hey, by me doing something so top of the mountain, 
manly man thing. Um, you know, even not uh, even males or females. It's it's one of those things like one uh, percent of one percent would have achieved an award. Do you think it's it, it gives you that provider that hey, I'm actually I'm alive in this world and you know and I mean something. I think so in terms of not so much the bravado, but the the feeling or sense of accomplishment from mm -hmm. this. Um, it's kind of like a big tick through the journey of like we've got over this peak. Um, yeah, I guess when you say, you know, kind of like the bravado and taking that off, it's it's something to look forward to. But I think it's something also, I guess I set that bar so high mm -hmm. is to kind of, you know, allow others to see, you know, anything is possible. Like, you know, if the mind is willing we can pretty much do anything. And how you, how are you prepared with going into it mentally at the moment? Because you've obviously this is this is like your tick box of I don't want to say this is your success tick box because you can have multiple journey journeys down mm. your path. But this is this key point from that anchor from January, right? This yep. is that moment. So I can imagine there's a there's a, a lot of emotional feelings, consideration, thoughts on it, but also the challenge that it is so high. You know, like going into it, not God forsaken, you get injured or something happens, but how are you prepared if something happens and you don't cross the line? Yeah, that's something that, that flies around in my head all mm -hmm. the time. Um, I think as the days get smaller and we get closer to race day, the self-doubt just magnifies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the self-doubt in my swimming, what if I don't make the swim cutoff yeah. time? You know, that's your day done mm -hmm. and you've got all these people there have supported you over the last two years, and yeah. it's kind of like, what if I don't do that? Um, but I think it's kind of that mindset that I've been lucky enough to build, you know, with my coach and the team that's around me. Um, it's kind of this never give up attitude, um, and like literally, it's just keep pushing through. I mm -hmm. think you know, it's at this point, and it means so much to me. They're probably going to have to scrape me off the road mm -hmm. if they want to stop me from finishing yeah. this thing. Um, you know, I'll, I'll ride my bike with no tires on it, you know, like we're still going to go for it. Um, so it's pretty much that idea of not being able to finish mm -hmm. it isn't quite in the mind. Yeah. It's there, but it's, it's a small part for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Talk to me about this Tony Jackson scholarship that's, that's been uh, was awarded just recently, um, to yourself. Talk to me what it is and what it represents for New Zealand Ironman and, and what it also means to yourself. Yeah, so Tony Jackson um, is an absolute legend of Ironman New Zealand. Mm -hmm. um, he's finished Ironman 26 times. Um, and even the last few times um, he was diagnosed with a brain tumour. Mm -hmm. And that still didn't stop the man from doing an Ironman. Um, he got out of hospital, got himself to the start line, finished it. You know, And um, since then, Tony's passed away. Mm -hmm. um, and his scholarship is um, pretty much picked up by Ironman New Zealand and Verna, his, his wife. Yeah. Um, she's an incredible lady. Um, and it's just try and keep um, kind of that momentum that Tony built um, through his completion of all these Ironmans, um, this inspirational journey, you know, of Tony getting out there and helping so many people achieve what they thought was unachievable, mm. um, not being able to take anything off as massive as this. Um, it's to try and keep that spirit alive through this. So each year um, applicants can apply for the Tony Jackson Scholarship. Mm -hmm. Um, you submit your written written application, there's, create a video, have a few interviews with the team, and then they kind of work through and select who they think is going to be a, a fitting applicant for this. And then, yeah, from there, it's um, this big shroud of massive support comes around you, mm -hmm. Verna, um, who is, 
you know, like I said before, is incredible. Um, kind of talks you through all of the stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of how the application came around. And lucky enough, they chose me. Amazing. Yeah. Must, uh, it must be, uh, you know, um, such an amazing experience, um, you know, to get that and to feel that and start to feel, um, you know, like I know from when when I went through my moment, again, it was that whole, um, I'm not doing anything right. Yeah. Nothing's going my way. Um, I can't see any of those options or any of the the journey forward. It's just like you can't see that next step, right? Yeah. Uh, and and um and this is where I think for yourself it must be like okay, the wheel slowly. It might not be in the right direction, but at least it's turning, right? Yeah, it's moving. Yeah. We're, go- we're going in the direction. Yeah. You know, and then once we kind of get that momentum, we can then look to steer yep. the ship to where we want it to be. So, so going through with all of this at the moment, what is your 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 biggest? Um, so, what is your key points? Um, obviously, there might be some listeners or watchers at the moment that's gone. Okay, I find myself um, in that same dark moment or coming through. How are you like daily or weekly, sort of anchoring yourself or making sure that uh, you don't fall back on that path that you were in? Yeah, it's kind of just massively, you know, working through those processes like what I talked about that my kind of counsellor and life coach had given me, um, you know, how we can take gratitude out of the day of what we've been through, writing down some things, you know, on those dark days that are kind of the best things that have happened that day. Um, I kind of centre myself a lot around um, the quote that kind of saved my life that night, Mm -hmm. um, which that wonderful lady said, you know, what if, you know, it could turn out better than you could possibly imagine. And that, kind of quote has been everywhere since I kind of started this journey. I've even got it tattooed on my yeah. hand and the date that sits right there. So literally every day I train riding my bike, I can see them anytime I run, anytime I hold things, it's mm-hmm. there. Um, but I think it's kind of just massively getting that understanding around, you know, it is okay to speak and, you know, it's kind of understanding what hurt me might not hurt you, mm-hmm. but you know, what, hurts you might not hurt me and it's kind of understanding that process you know all of these feelings we feel are valid and understanding that no matter what we're feeling you know it is okay and just try and reach out and talk to somebody that's amazing i know at the moment you've been doing a few like breakfasts and uh, events with some of the um um, the crew around auckland around mental health and stuff yeah um what are you what are you seeing in that space? Obviously it's such a big it's such a big problem we've seen across New Zealand and things like that. You know, where do you where do you see the the light at the end of the tunnel for our community or so forth of us trying to slowly get through it and knock those walls down? Yeah, and like you say, knocking those walls down is probably the big part of it. It's, you know, how do we kind of create these safe spaces for guys to come along and, you know, feel comfortable to talk about these things? because um, often, you know, we don't in certain environments. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of found, you know, through these events, you know, with for all the brothers and stuff like yeah. that, as soon as you're kind of in a space with all guys and we're all kind of got something in common, you know, like a lot of us, everyone there is pretty much either dealing with mental health issues or know somebody who is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of that understanding between everybody, you know, that we're all in this together. Yeah. And I feel it's almost kind of down to us as brothers to be able to, create those conversations um, to be able to understand how to have that conversation and kind of take it upon ourselves as brothers and friends to push everybody else to be, you know, create that conversation from there. 
Yeah, um, it totally is. You know, I've seen a lot of the work that four of the brothers have done. Um, to anyone out there, look them up on Instagram. Four of the brothers, uh, Zayn Munro. Yeah, um, he's doing amazing work um, with the, with the community and, and the events and everything else. And I think again, it just comes back to that whole circle of you know we've both we've both gone to that very dark place, and mm. um, and the trick is when you are in like you said when you get in depressed and stuff like you're not thinking logically and when you're in that space you're never going to make the act the first step right you're never going to take that first step so we've got to as a society and a community we've got to pay attention and even if it might be uncomfortable with yourself it's as simple as going hey how you doing are you okay um how's your day been and just starting that conversation because the person the guy or girl that's in that needs the help like I said, a lot of times they will tell you they need help. Mm. We just have to ask them just ask that, question. that first question up front. Yeah, and it's often, you know, take it, try and take it away from more of that serious setting, you know, head out for a walk, something mm. so nonchalant that, you know, they might not kind of pick up on what you're doing. If you're mm-hmm. heading out for a walk with one of the boys, that's cool. And it's kind of that more relaxed environment where you can start to ask that question, you mm. know. You know, you don't seem like your normal self, man, you know, what's going on? Mm. And you know, see if they can... Open that door slightly, you know. It doesn't have to be fully swung open to hear everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just as long as you kind of almost feel that check in from people around you. It kind of breaks that wall or that cycle of that depression and that kind of crazy mindset of you mm. know, no one's here for me or no one wants to listen to it. But if someone takes that first step and, like you say, creates that conversation, it's a massive change. Uh, that's awesome. Um, what is you know, um, as I said, as as time of recording, you're a week away from the Ironman. When this episode comes out, we'll be a week on the other side of it, actually. Yeah. What's next for yourself in this path? It's a great question. Um, yeah. You know, like lots of people have asked, you know, once you're done, what's next? You know, what crazy thing are you going to do next? Um, the coast to coast is floated around. Yeah. Um, that in itself is pretty scary. <laughs> Another mammoth task. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, it's kind of keeping this momentum we've built through the journey um, to help keep that awareness around it, you know, to help link in or stay linked in with Zane, with four of the brothers, yeah. the team at I Am Hope as well. Um, you know, it's been massive to be able to link in with both of those awesome teams through the journey. So it's kind of keeping that momentum, keeping that conversation and just keep pushing that awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, so often we have these amazing, cool, you know, big days that come around that, you know, everyone kind of gets behind and supports suicide awareness or mental health day and stuff like that. But it's how do we keep that momentum in the middle of all those days. Yeah. So that's kind of, I guess, the motivation and journey to keep pushing that awareness. You ever thought of joining the 100 Club? Not really. You know what it is? <laughs> no. So David Goggins made it famous. The 100 Club is the 100-mile club. So it's a 100-mile run. You know. it's 160 kilometers. That's, that's just almost too far. <laughs> like, to contemplate riding 180K on the bike yeah. for Ironman is kind of feasible, but to run 160, it's, you know, I probably could eventually wrap my head around it. Like, you know, a lot of people see Ironman and they're yeah. like, that's the same kind of thought, just mm. they're like, no way, that's not even possible. But yeah, 100 when, miles. <laughs> yeah. When you kind of break it down into smaller goals, it gets achievable. Yeah. I mean, obviously, a, a, a big person, um, you know, David Goggins and what he's done and overcoming a lot of that sort of stuff and looking to it and how he's just, you get, his goals are just, you know, outlandish. And one of his first ones, I don't know if you know this about his stories, one he got, um, really got into it in, in his beginning part before um, he went through the Marines and stuff. It was just either before or just after he entered this one race and it was a 24 hour 
Yeah. Uh, it was a, a 24-hour race in a team of four. So there's a race like this they do in the Rivet uh, Rampage actually has one, and it's a team of four, and you get a set amount of hours and, and how many laps you can do as a team. Mm. So on this race that he did, and it was like a, it was like one mile or two mile, whatever it was, uh, per member, and he switched over a team of four. And he rocked up at the race, and he turned around and went, oh, I don't need a team. I'm just going to do it myself. <laughs> and he won the event as a one-man runner compared to Madness. and but it was more in the sense of that wasn't uh um fitter stronger you know he, he is one of those those freaks but it was that whole mental state of like i'm i'm not gonna let anyone stop me or break me i'm just gonna keep going and keep yeah. going and um and then if you watch any of his other uh, events where he does you know 100 miles he does the hundreds um there was a stint we did it like for days like it's or was like um, I was watching a video this week and someone asked him, you know, hey, how long do you, you now when you go for a run, you run for hours, and he turns around and he goes, no, when I when I go for a run, I run for days. It's just it's that mindset, yeah, it's, and the challenge, and that's why I was yeah. saying to you, you know, doing an Ironman, where do you go from that, right? Where do you, yeah. where's that next pedestal, right? It's, I don't know. It'll be a journey to find out the next yeah. one, you know, as we kind of pop out the other side. Um, and saying that though, like, there's just this immense focus on the Iron Man at the mm. moment that you don't want to waste the, the yeah thought. it's not I just yeah I feel kind of bad for my partner some days you know she's like what are we going to do after Iron Man we can do something cool we're going on a trip and it's just like I just want to get through this <laughs> see, I'm see at this point so you're talking about your bike um, so you obviously do, you're doing road training right yep a hundred what's we say one hundred eighty one hundred eighty kilometers yeah so I know a friend of mine uh, that did his first time Iron Man a good few years ago and he and, and explained to me and I'm and I'm happy for you to give it your and because it's such a vast distance, he's like, cool, I climb on my bike. I go from here to like almost like to Hamilton and then I come back and then I go there. And then you need your brain, your brain goes, you forget how far 180 kilometers is. It's not like, okay, I'm going to drive from here where we are in like Mount Eden in Auckland. I'm just going to go to the CBD and then I'm going to come back and then I'm going to go to another suburb. He literally <laughs> like drove around the whole entire super city of Auckland yeah. to closely get to the distance that he needed, right? And then like, oh, and then I'm going to do the run and then I'm going to do all the rest of it. Yeah. The distance is so vast. It's massive. And like that's probably been the, I guess, the funniest thing along the journey of, yeah. you know, telling people an Ironman. Not, not not a lot of people know how big an Ironman <laughs> is. Um, and lucky enough, my bike mechanic, um, amazing guy called Ben, um, mm-hmm. supported me through the whole thing. He was like, you've got to put landmarks on it for people to understand how big this is. Yeah. And he's like, just picture, put a picture for people. You start your swim at Rangitoto. Mm-hmm. You swim from Rangitoto to the CBD. Yeah. At the CBD, you jump on your bike and you cycle to Matamata. <laughs> Once you get to Matamata, you find the roundabout, you put your bike down, put your running shoes on, and you run to Rotorua. Yeah. <laughs> that's the day. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, that's, that's it summed up in a picture yeah. of landmarks. And, you know, yeah. like when you put that to people, they're like, they're like, fuck a why? That's ludicrous. <laughs> like, you're doing that in one day. Yeah. Yeah. Because what's the what's the cutoff? Is it, what's it, 14? What's 17 hours. 17 hours, right? It. Yeah. Oh, it's a cutoff to get it in, right? Yeah. But there's there's certain cutoffs throughout the day. Yeah, that you obviously have, yeah. you have to make it. Um, I was, it's funny because I was watching uh, uh, one just the other day and it was, because I know when they get to the cutoffs, they, there's actually a timestamp and the, the normal person that does, at, whether it's Ironman or running events or any of these long distance one, there'll be someone at the, uh, the finish line, and they'll actually turn their back. I don't know if you know this. They'll turn their back when they come into the time because they don't want to be going, okay, it's 50, let's say it's 15 hours, and they'll go like five seconds left and they see someone down the road. They don't yeah. want to be um, 
feel the conscious of that person's only 10 seconds behind the time. And I was watching um, this lady do a race, and it was a 15-hour event, a cutoff. Uh, it could have been an Ironman or, or uh, let's say an extreme event, and she made it in with 10 seconds. Yeah, I think uh, I've and, seen the same uh, yeah, video. Yeah, and like, like everyone like is like, in yeah, cheering yeah, in because like, everyone knows, like, it, right? He's got to make it with yeah. those last seconds. Amazing for her, but you can imagine there would have been someone else behind her. Yeah, uh, yeah and that's the uh, I, I, I couldn't imagine <laughs> getting there and going yeah. ten seconds. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and that's yeah. why they turn. And that's why they turn their backs uh, yeah. when they close. A lot of times, I've seen it when they when they close the time slots. Um, the back the person's standing there with people coming up because you can see people were like just charging, just trying, charging, yeah, trying to make yeah. it right. I think yeah, I was kind of I was down in December to watch the Iron Man down there um, mm-hmm. for the first time, just trying to experience the environment. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we we're kind of there at the seventeen hour mark at yeah. the finish line. Um, you know, and the kind of the day had wrapped up, and there were kind of people just talking and celebrating. You know what the day was mm-hmm. with the Iron Man team. And you know, there's one man that then comes around and turns the corner, literally the last 20 meters. Yeah. Um, and he just must have been, you know, 30 seconds over that 17 hour mark. Yeah. And everybody just kind of stepped aside and just clapped the man home and just, mm. you know, let him have that moment without cutting him off, which is was pretty unreal to see. Yeah. Would have, uh, it would have been a hard one, but I'm sure yeah. you had a, a challenge to come back, right? Definitely. So, what's your gut feel on a time for yourself? Oh. I don't know, anywhere between 12 and 14, yeah. um, 12 and 14 hours. <laughs> um, look, to be honest, it's just getting across the finish line. Mm-hmm. For me, it's, you know, it's more now about enjoying the day mm-hmm. um, out there, um, you know, putting everything into practice and just thanking everybody around me for that support. Yeah. You know, I'm lucky enough to have this almost small army coming down to watch mm-hmm. me on race day. You know, mum and dad are coming up, yeah. sisters flying in from Australia, you know, it's going to be pretty special, pretty emotional, um, no doubt. Um, but also pretty much, you know, Verna, Andrew, my coach, mm-hmm. um, and all the Mercury volunteers that are out there, you know, these incredible humans that give up your day, their yeah. day just to cheer you on and hand you a cup of water, which you take a sip off and throw away 10 yeah. seconds later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just to get out there and enjoy it and just <laughs> make it within the 17 hours. Yeah. What are the big, what are the, um, the top guys do? Do you know roughly what are their sort of time slots? Oh, probably like eight hours. Yeah. Does thing. Yeah. <laughs> I would, you know, if I'm on target or time, I would probably just finish my bike ride starting the marathon <laughs> and they're finished. They're off for but, a beer. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's like there used to be the, I don't know if it's still running at the moment. There was a 100K Oxfam that was run every year for charity and you had to actually, um, could do this team one individually, but you had to raise, this was a really smart part, you had to raise funding for charity to actually get your ticket. And I think it was oh, like $500 yeah. um, was your energy price, but that was all for, uh, through charity. Um, and that was funny because you could have, it was like 30 hours or something you could have, you know, to do to uh, do the 100Ks. But it's Oxfam, so it's off-road it's, uh, it's off off road road, and all yeah. the rest of it, right, off-terrain and stuff like that. So people do it. And the top guys were like 12, 13. And most of the people were like, cool, we've got to take a crew down because you're going yeah. to sleep halfway through it. And, mm. you know, because it's going to take like 20 odd hours to get halfway and then sleep and then trying to. Yeah. And the, and, the, and the top guys that come through, it was like 12, something just, they don't, they, they don't stop. They just go. They just keep going. It's crazy. Yeah. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, so for anyone else out there at the moment that wants to um, follow your journey or anything else, where, yeah. where, where, where can people see more about, about yourself? Uh, probably Instagram is probably the biggest yeah. um, point. It's just, just Adam Somerville. Mm-hmm. Um, just on Instagram is probably the most of where I post a lot of things. Yeah. Um, especially now as we build into, <laughs> you know, one week out, um, there'll probably be a lot of stuff up on Instagram, especially, 
you know, the more nervous and scared I get mm-hmm. towards the day. Um, there'll be a lot of stuff about that and how I'm feeling and kind of what I'm doing to get through that process. Um, and yeah, I actually just got told last night from Iron Man New Zealand, I'm going to have a film crew that follows me 24 seven. Oh, wow. Um, whilst I'm down there. So no doubt there'll be something flying around of, you know, the whole journey, the race day itself. Yeah. So there'll be plenty of that floating around. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and anything else for anyone that's listening or watching a, a thought for them for today or something to consider? Yeah, it would probably be um, don't feel like you're a burden. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at my lowest, I thought I was unfixable. Um, but you're not. Um, literally, it takes a conversation. Um, you know, if you are struggling with that mental health, try and take that first step to reach out and have a conversation. Um, if you're potentially lucky enough to be in a good space, um, maybe take a second to try and educate yourself on how you could have a conversation um, how you could start that conversation with a friend you may see struggling, mm-hmm. you know, kind of work on both sides of things. You know, if we are struggling, how do we do it? Um, if we may not be, how can we assist somebody who could be? Um, it's probably the best say, thing I'd say. It's amazing. Thanks so much for that, um, Adam. Um, and as we get to, to the end of today's show, just a massive shout out to Adam, to anyone that's watching and listening. Um, you know, just from from your story of where you, what you went through to the you know the dark point where you, uh, you ended up, and like I said, the the world needed you, uh, the Thank universe you. needed you um, for, to stay around and to inspire others around us, right? Um, I still think you're fucking crazy to do an, to do an Iron Man. <laughs> so um, you know, you inspire others, not yeah. me. But hey, dude, uh, big props to yourself <laughs> for that one. But yeah, uh, it's uh, you know, thank you for coming on here and willing to share your story. Like I said, we said in the beginning of the show, I know it's the first time for you coming out of that. I'm sure over the next couple of weeks, um, from just you going into the Iron Man, all the rest of it, when this when this episode comes out, there'll be a lot more people knowing your story and seeing it. Um, and and thanks so much for sharing it. Thank um, you for having me, man. I think thank you for you know starting your journey to you know create the space to talk about these things. It's yeah. incredible. Thanks so much um, for that, Adam. And to everyone else that's as always that's coming over, if there's something you, you can pick up from Adam's story. If you, if yourself or someone else you know is going through these struggles and so forth, and you're not sure how to um, you know say that first question or ask the first question. Just, just send in the show and go, hey, I listened to this amazing show and don't even have to lead on what it's about. Just try and play it softly through them and they, they might pick up the relation. They might pick it up and from their tone because we need to be able to break through those walls that we just spoke about and um, slowly start talking about mental health and helping each other out there because we need to get that number better. The the um, 538 was actually the number last year, suicide rate um, within New Zealand. And uh, we need to start reducing that number. We, we don't need to lose those many souls. Um, people deserve to be alive and deserve to uh, experience the world we have and the beauty that we have um, and everything else. Um, but I hope you picked up something from what Adam had to say, what we had to say today. And as I said, most of my shows, just take something from it, share it to someone that needs to, need, uh, needs to hear from it or needs to watch from it. And, and hopefully we can make the, world, the, wo- the wheels turn and change their life. Uh, But at the end of the day, stay beautiful, stay powerful, and hope to see you again.